Welcome to Dave and Dom Demystify, a fintech futures podcast, helping make sense of the world of fintech and digital finance. Please sit back and listen as the two Ds take a subject and discuss it to make it clearer and easier to understand. Welcome to the Dave and Dom Demystify show. And this week we have two special guests. Andy Ellis and Noah Sharp. I'm going to let the guys introduce themselves and tell us what their role is and who they work for, but I'm pretty sure you know both of them very well. Andy, would you like to start? Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. My name is Andy Ellis. I'm the CEO of uh, NatWest Boxed, which is a joint venture between NatWest and the Dino to provide banking as a service uh, capabilities to the UK market. Delighted to be here. Fantastic. Noah. And I'm Noah Sharp. I'm the CEO of Vidino, which is a banking as a service and embedded finance provider here in Europe. Fantastic. I mean, this is a topic that I've been writing and following for a while, and so it's very close to my heart. So I welcome both of you onto the show and really pleased to have you here. It's lovely to hear from both sides of the fence, in effect, really, because I think there's a lot of misnomers about the definition of BAS. For me, it definitely means that you have a banking license. If you're the BAS provider, you have a banking license. And otherwise, you're providing the software to enable it. But just on that, I guess some of the players that are in this space have created their own technology, but NatWest decided to to set up a separate entity and to license a technology. I mean, like, what led to that decision, Andy? Personally, I think it's a great decision, by the way. I think it's absolutely the right thing for banks to do. But there's a lot of people that would argue that banks have to be technology companies, and I've never been on that camp. But, you know, not that I'm biased in any way. Good, good. Well, I'm glad you agree with me, probably because I'm here. But, hey, look, we have a slightly different origin story, I guess, from most banking as a service operator, incumbent banking as a service operators that you, you might come across. Uh, so our story started when we built our own UK cloud-native platform to support Metal, which is our, our neobank, which is going really well supporting SME customers in the UK. And the, the platform that we built on that is a cloud native. It sits on the NetWest banking license, but everything else is from scratch, the operations from scratch, and I look after them. But effectively, we built it, the platform, such that it can be multi-tenanted with Metal as the first customer. So we have this absolutely brilliant infrastructure in the UK and an asset that we wanted to do something with. And when I looked around, I realized just having that asset was not enough. This is a very difficult market to, to go into and win. And I realized I needed a partner for a couple of reasons, really. And one of the main reasons was not technology. It was just around working with a similar type of company in a different market who have been doing this for the last three or four years. And they'd, they'd learned the lessons of the commercial model. They'd learned the lessons of, of kind of how to sell, what to sell, what works. They own, and I'm sure Noah will touch on this as well, uh, a small bank in, in Belgium, which gives them the, the banking license capabilities. So lots of kind of regulatory, cultural similarities. So, so I wanted to learn from what Vadino had done strategically, but equally the Vadino cloud platform, which has been connecting very well to customers over the last few years, provides a brilliant orchestration layer. 
So it was an orchestration layer that I wanted to kind of really, really leverage to plug into, into UK corporate. So that's kind of one of the main reasons. And then uh, Vadino were also further advanced in some areas of product, specifically around lending, which again would accelerate my build. So it wasn't all technology. It was a kind of a similar model in Europe that had been doing it for a while. And I felt we had a much greater chance of success and would accelerate our rollout if we found a, a like-minded partner to go shoulder to shoulder with. I guess in terms of the, the sort of overall bass market itself, I mean, there's been a few sort of changes in the dynamics of it. I mean, I was kind of interested in your thoughts around, you know, what's going on at the moment and how sort of boxed and box fits into that at the end of the day. So, I mean, no, I don't know what, what your perspective is on the sort of market dynamics at the moment. Sure. Well, of course, as you mentioned, the real substance behind a banking as a service provider is then the underlying bank that's providing the solutions there. And the combination of Vedino and NatWest is powerful in that regard in that NatWest is one of the top retail banks in the UK and offers direct connections into, of course, the UK clearing schemes and has connectivity into a larger sub-segment of UK consumers. So the dynamic between NatWest and Vedino is quite powerful in that regard because we provide the digital infrastructure to NatWest and to NatWest clients for them to offer locally in the UK market, powered by NatWest's strong balance sheet and strong connectivity, clearing and market share in the UK industry. I mean, Andy, what are your thoughts? I mean, I guess there is a lot of potential competition out there. How do you see the position you're in and how you're kind of competing in this marketplace? I mean, it sounds like a, a really strong, fully formed proposition, but I'm kind of interested in your perspective on that. I think you, you need two things facing into this market. One is a, a strong conviction that the consumer demand and the operating models are structurally moving towards an embedded financial service within digital journeys. And I think the other point is we're not exactly sure how that will play out or how long it will take. So you need to be committed and you need to be somewhat patient and, and exploratory. I don't think any of us are sat here saying this is happening overnight. The commercial models are settling down. We all know how value exchange is going to work. We all know, you know where our sweet spot is in terms of how we sell, where we're selling to. So I think if you look into that market from various perspectives, and I, I don't want to talk about some of the, the smaller banking as a service providers by name or, or embedded finance providers, which, whichever you want to call them, I think you need capital to be around for the long run. And I think in the current funding environment, that's tricky. So you need not only to be around long enough to find your groove, but equally, you've got to have credibility to, with when you're signing multi-year contracts with large corporates that you're going to be around to serve for the duration of the contract. So I think kind of having capital to get you through the, through the next few years is really, really important. I think you've got to be very careful because this is a regulated environment with a consumer pendulum that's swinging towards consumer protection and a bunch of thin crime regulatory crypto context that's not, it's pretty unforgiving out there. So if you're in any way pushing yourself to do deals where the regulatory area is a little bit gray or the border's not yet been defined, kind of be careful. So again, I think having the ability to walk away from deals you don't feel completely comfortable with is really important in this market. 
So I think if you're a new to be established banking as a service provider, that kind of captures some of the, the things I would be worried about. And then I think from an incumbent perspective, there are a couple of things going on. One is the technology is undoubtedly fragmented. It's quite hard to pull together into a seamless journey because it probably touches on various parts of the incumbent business. So it takes a lot of, I guess, organizational conviction to, to line that up into a, a service. And then I think secondly, if you look at the UK banks and it looks like analysts believe that the, the kind of the NIM has peaked, costs are coming under, under scrutiny, our share prices are well below book value. You know, whilst we're making good money, it's just it's a tough place to be, right? So if you're making annual investment decisions, it's quite easy to move investment away from something like in banking as a service, which is yet unproven at scale. So I think from an incumbent perspective, that's how we'd be how we'd be looking at my uh, the concerns on the the kind of roadmap. Yes. What about the challenges of, you know, like adoption? I mean, what's holding this back from your perspective? I think we're seeing like some use cases, but not a, as broad a range of use cases as we'd like to see and as fast an adoption because the market's estimated to be worth $4 trillion. I dare say we're doing a fraction of that in actual kind of bass revenue. So where's the hold up? What's making this not move quicker? Sure. It's really about the right product fit for the right consumer base and the right retailer. There's also a bit of fear around stepping into the regulated space from the unregulated space. And what does that look like? What does that expose me to? And I think that just takes a bit of one education. And two, you know, there's a difference when you're targeting and working with large e-commerce players or more established companies that have an existing captive user base. I think a lot of the solutions that haven't gone to plan have been around more in the startup arena, folks starting up the next niche challenger bank for cyclists, for example. And these are the types of projects where you have a new venture that out of the gate has low success rate because most new businesses fail and they're applying the banking as a service solutions to it. So I think we kind of get wrapped up into that, but where you tend to have more success is with companies where an extension into embedded finance style solutions or banking as a service style solutions or a natural extension of what the company does. For instance, if Starbucks all of a sudden moved into retail lending or merchant financing, that would probably be a bit strange. But you can see elements of loyalty, stored value, and these sorts of things, which are embedded finance and bank as a service type of solutions, where you have a wallet, you're storing funds, and you can utilize those funds with cash back and paying the shop or a checkout or embed those solutions. That's a natural extension to convert your client base through the checkout journey. And I think it's those unnatural extensions that don't really fit with either the consumer base or the retailer where you've seen a bit of a struggle. Also, the providers themselves are struggling for different reasons, not necessarily because sales are stagnating, but it could be their own regulatory problems or shortcomings. For example, several of these companies, it could be that they're not that well-funded. And I think that's where the combination of NatWest and Vedino is actually quite powerful because we cover those bases. We're stable. Obviously, NatWest is a strong, a stable bank, and Vedino is backed by Warburg, Pincus, NatWest, EBRD, and others. So we have a strong investor base. So I think that's where we have a good chance to succeed. I find the whole that whole sort of premise of embedded sort of finance and loyalty for me that's a really it's a really interesting space. My background is more marketing. I was part of WPP for a long time, and you can kind of see that loyalty for big brands is a tremendous issue and i guess from an embedded banking point of view 
a massive opportunity for sort of some of the reasons that you you talk about. No, but Andy, I was kind of interested to get your thoughts around that because when I think about how brands are kind of communicating with their customers, I mean, their, their wallet is a incredibly powerful way of doing it, isn't it? It is. And I think we looked at some of my a couple of weeks ago, and I think something like 70% of, of all the, the corporates that I speak to or my team speak to, yeah, very interested in wallet. So, so wallet's probably the top of mind out there at the moment. What cash, savings, loyalty, how that all hangs together. I think it's the retailers figured out it's important. It's important for attention, engagement, increase in, in kind of checkout. And all of that good stuff. But I think one of the things is, how do you solve this? So what do you make the journey look like? How is it distinctive? How do you activate your customers at scale? How do you make the commercial model? This is not a straightforward discussion. So the conversations that we typically have are not around, what have you got? What can we buy? They're around, come in, let's whiteboard our customer journey. What are you seeing others do? How do we get this right? The odd, brilliant example of the ecosystems being built up, how do we do it? But it's not a kind of, it's not an off-the-shelf product. They just want to plug into their existing digital journey. It's all done. So that is kind of one thing that takes a little bit more time. But I agree wholeheartedly with Noah's points around large installed customer bases are the way to to go. So we're very much focused on established players which suits our brand as well. But equally then post that, what's the marketing and activation plan to get customers to, to use it at scale is, is something that we were increasingly focused on in the, the early discussions. I guess we mentioned earlier on that the market around this stuff is kind of in turmoil. You know, a few people hit the pan, a few people are raising extra finance, some got acquired, et cetera. I mean, that's fairly natural in, in the kind of tech space, but how do you see, I mean, NatWest came in a little bit later on in the grand timescales of things, but I think like most markets, it was at the probably the right time when things were starting to mature, certainly from the regulator's perspective, et cetera. But nevertheless, we still got, in my books, far too many players. But, but how do you see yourself competing against some of the players that were, have been here a little bit longer or just claim to have? more of a technology angle or, or whatever, but how do, you, how do you see yourself competing in this space? Yeah, I mean, I think I've touched on some of the points already, but first of all, the thing that gets me through the door and, and into the conversations at a, at a C-suite level is typically the relationship with the bank. So mostly my leads come from within existing relationships with the bank through all of the, the, the bank offers. So there's a kind of a curiosity and a mutual respect already, which kind of comes top down as opposed to going bottom up. And obviously we represent a stable institution that's long, around for the long run. So they know they've always got someone more senior than me to call when it goes wrong. And, and they know that they've got a big brand name that we kind of hold very, and the, the trust around that is is very kind of dear to us. So I think that's that's one point. I think the ability to offer product all the way from payments through to lending is important. So it's having that one relationship, one or fewer providers and then kind of doing that at the kind of the spot level is really important. And I think my tech speaks for itself. So when they actually try the tech and you get found out quite quickly, 
is the Texas with the combination of Bedino and with us is as good as anyone. So you can't, when you're talking to a CEO or a CMO or a CPO and they say, fine, we like everything, expose your APIs and your SDKs to my tech teams and let's have a look. There ain't nowhere to hide. <laughs> so we kind of will fall or not based on what the tech guys say when they try and play around with our APIs. And I'm very confident in that. So I was re actually really interested in what you said about leads coming through from people within the bank. Have you had to sort of embark on a sort of education process and have you? Yeah, yeah, we have a, we spend a lot of time with the coverage team. To be honest, it's a pull rather than a push because they're always looking for interesting products to strategic products to put in front of their customers. We bank, we have relationships with pretty much the entire FTSE 250. Our bankers are they're out there. They're, they're dynamic people wanting to make the relationships better. So when they see something that, that adds to that, they're very happy to introduce us. They, they don't gatekeep those relationships. They phone me up and they go, is it something you want to talk to a particular customer around? Uh, and we just get on with it. I mean, we're more akin to a, a tech or an as-a-service sale than, than the RMs are. But um, it's something that's come very easily and is very natural dynamic, actually. No, you're an XRM, so you'll appreciate, you'll appreciate <laughs> Yeah, that. it's the power of an existing relationship with NatWest is not understated. You know, in a lot of cases, NatWest will have credit lending relationships to these companies. The door is easily open to the CFO, the treasurer, and the leadership team at these large British institutions and global institutions. And so this is, at the end of the day, an extension of NatWest, you know, these solutions that sit on top of Vidino's technology within NatWest. So it's not really kind of two separate companies in a loose partnership. I mean, NatWest is, is invested in us financially. These are NatWest companies, NatWest solutions, it runs on NatWest balance sheet and clearing. So it's a full NatWest service that's extended to the clients that already have relationships in the bank. And as Andy said, those relationships extend to most of British industry. So we have enough of a hunting ground just within that to keep ourselves busy for quite an extended runway. I guess that there are other incumbent banks who may be looking at similar solutions, Andy, and I guess, you know, in the UK, I mean, how do you kind of compete with them, do you think, in terms of sort of making sure that your proposition stands out? I don't think I don't think anybody can kind of take the unique set of circumstances that I describe in terms of the technology being built standalone, integrated operations, a kind of a JV which protects a, a probably unique way of unique culture. I've got my own sales team, so it takes quite a lot of a lot of ingredients to kind of get to where we are today. So look, my dream is that we kind of fly off the shelves, do great, and the others follow us and we share a very healthy market. So I'm not, I don't spend lots of my time reflecting on what the other incumbents are thinking. I mean, we all offer similar products anyway, so we know there's plenty to go around. But I spend my time thinking about how I sell my product to corporates and, and get that right and, and the rest will take care of itself. Fantastic. And I mean, just to... Because I always like to mention this. A long time ago, about 20 years ago, I, I pitched this whole idea of franchising banks, very similar to what we think about Baz. But I spoke to a number of boards at that time, and I think they were absolutely right to decline the offer because at the time, 20 years ago, the customer was owned by the bank. And mm -hmm. there was no need to really extend outside. But with digital, I think that whole landscape has changed so that 
it now is the opportunity. So it is about the timing, getting that right. And like I say, I think your timing is perfect. Noah, I just want to flip to you one sec because you're fairly new to Vodina, right? Yeah, I just joined in September. Right. So like what attracts you to Vodina? So before, I'm a fintech banker by trade. So I, I sat on Andy's side of the table back in the day. Then I moved to the, the buy side in global payments firms. And I was at Paysafe, which is a, a card acquire digital wallets provider, global company. We went through the journey of taking it public and actually became a, a client of the Vidino and Ion solution myself and went through that journey. And the opportunity came up where the, they needed a, a new CEO. The founder wanted to, to step away. And I jumped at the opportunity, of course, having key investors and quality investors such as NatWest, the European Bank of Reconstruction Development, and Warburg Pincus, who's one of the top 10 private equity firms in the world. It was a no-brainer to step in here and get the opportunity to help NatWest launch these solutions as well as develop our, our other solutions across Europe and bring in my leadership team to help them do that. So it's an exciting space. Things are consolidating for sure. And I believe we have kind of the upper hand to succeed. And we have a very strong backbone and platform that runs fully on the cloud. It's blockchain based, so it's it's very fast. And you know these are very technologically advanced uh, solutions that we can deploy. And I love the, the partnerships that we have. Amazing. Amazing. Well, listen, we're almost out of time, but I was kind of keen to get your views on if a business is thinking about BAS, what should they be thinking about? I mean, Andy, I love what you talk about in terms of, you know, actually starting to kind of whiteboard the customer experience, the customer journey. Dom and I were lucky enough to talk to Metro Finance and, you know, it was really interesting to understand how they had identified a kind of customer problem and could see how embedded banking could kind of solve that problem. So I was just kind of keen to get your perspective, both of you, in terms of the businesses out there. Like we've talked about loyalty. I think loyalty is a massive issue for large brands in 2023. What are some of the things that people should be thinking about in terms of the opportunity and maybe the partner that they could kind of be looking to as well? Yeah, well, Dave, when you talk about partners, clearly, clearly we'll say, Boxed and Vadino offer an unparalleled EU UK first class good value solution. So no, I, seriously, I think we've been around uh, a little while. We're grown up, owned by grown up investors. So you're probably going to get the straightest conversation from us in terms of we'll not tell you what you want to hear necessarily. But I do think that the conversations I've had that are most fruitful and, and you know where really smart companies are thinking about it, it's the ones who effectively know their customers. It's the ones that really know what their customers respond to, what they want from their customers, how they're going to activate them, what, what can they try it and test it. Where it's very hard is a customer that's a company that's not customer focused, but they'll say, let's plug in banking as a service and let's sell our customers honeymoons when their business has got nothing to do with honeymoons, but they think they can see a little bit of an attractive P&L. So you tend to have the best conversations with the ones that are customer obsessed, the ones that are digital first so that they can think about the journeys because it's all about the journeys it's not about just having this banking thing onto the side and being open-minded and just rolling the sleeves up and, and figuring out what to do i think it's the ones who have the experience of, of launching successful digital journeys because as you know these things don't often work first time you got to find product market fit you got to roll your sleeves up and, and work with your partner 
So I think they're the characteristic of who I see are the winners in this space. So it's, it's just all about consumer centricity. It's about digital journey and being comfortable with that and, and, and trying and learning with us as partners and then really being clear on activation post-launch. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of fascinating because it really does sound like a kind of marketing proposition. As I'm listening to you, I'm like, this is like marketing 101 in terms of, and I know obviously there's a lot of backing technology, but it's really, really exciting to kind of hear that, as you say, if you've got then Nat West and Vodina behind it, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a winning combination, isn't it? I mean, no, I don't know. Is, was there anything else that you wanted to kind of add before we wrap up? Sure. I, th I think what Andy says is quite key. You can't just go out there and shotgun product to people. You have to understand, is it going to be applicable to them? Is it going to be complementary to the user base? And it's not just about loyalty. You could do things like maybe you have a, a B2B marketplace and your merchants, you can give them IBAN accounts and they can pay each other seamlessly and instantly within the ecosystem past traditional banking cutoff times, for instance. And having the scale of customer where they convert their user base into these style solutions rather than having to sell a completely new solution from scratch to, from a user base of zero, that enables much quicker success than having to, to start selling an entire end-to-end -end from zero if, if you're converting an existing user base. But you only know that if you know your customer and if you know how your customer operates and what they're selling. So that is really, really important. If you go shotgun product to the FTSE 250, it, you're not going to convert you know, very many of them. But if you target the ones where this really does make sense for them, you'll get a lot farther along because there's only so much capacity resource to implement this stuff. So you do have to be selected. Brilliant. Well, listen, that was fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. That was a, a really good insight. Really appreciate you joining. Thank you, Mark. Thanks a lot. Thank you for tuning in to Dave and Darm Demystify. We hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe and tune in next time as we take another topic and demystify it.